we start. Hello, welcome to the Small Gamer. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined by the glorious and deeply talented Mr. Darren Watson. Hello, can we get some, I'm um, with the Twitch chat. Can we get some love for Darren in the chat, please? Twitch chat, oh. thank you, big shout for you. Uh, Darren, how are you? I'm good. Did Twitch chat even remember me? <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How was, how was Monkey World, Darren, is being asked? How was Monkey World? When did I go to Monkey World? I don't know. A while ago, I bet. Monkey? I've not been to Monkey World for a long time. I'm confused. You're getting, people are shouting horsey horsey in the chat, so oh, yes, people remember. Yeah. I think people remember, uh, which is nice, which is, uh, which is a, a, long, a long ago tale, but we won't bring it oh, up. Well, let's assume I had a fucking great time because I love Monkey World. <laughs> but I've not been since COVID, so that's like two years ago. Yeah, that is a while ago. Um, that's the point. Uh, the, chat, uh, the, the chat in the Honest Wargamer industrial complex know what they're about. Are you well? Uh -huh. Talk to me. How are you? Yes, I, yes, I'm very well. Very well, thank you. Look at all this glorious hair that's growing back. I can show you what I use. Look at this. Okay. This isn't stuff. Wait, is this, 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 this multi-level marketing? Is this what we're experiencing? Ah, uh, you know, I'm not an affiliate. <laughs> 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 I should try to be, shouldn't I? I should yeah. What is it? Your hair's growing back. Well, yeah, look at this lovely hairline. Like, it used to be all the way back here, and it was all thinning. But I just I just find myself looking at myself in the mirror doing this all day now. It's um, it's a good life. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. <laughs> Are you going to – so I did have a goal of um, of getting a mullet this year. Um, oh. But I went to the doctors recently. I haven't told you this yet. I went to the doctors recently and uh, because I'm trying to solve my snoring so that when I go abroad to do a lot of event coverage, uh, I can share rooms with people and I don't have... like Because I always, I'm always like, when someone's like puts us up at an event, I'm always like, could we have two rooms, please? And they're yeah. like, can you not share? And I'm like, I can 100% share, but they can't share. It's like a... It, and and then they just think I'm making up an excuse to have like a, a little room on my own, and I'm like, I no. hear you're worse than Rick Myhill, which I thought was the worst snorer Ooh. I'd ever dealt with before. Apparently, only Jonathan Etland is worse than me. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a broad, broad church. A, I'd like to hear that though. To be fair, I'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I went to the doctors, and uh, they uh, and they were like, "You are husky," is how they as she described me. She was like, "Do you know what?" She started you're with. Coming you know on what? to you. What? She coming on to you? No, no. You she won't. was like, she was like, you need to come onto a salad, Rob. And I was like, oh wow, okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that. For some reason, I'm not sure. Oh yes, yeah, this so is my shower episode, isn't it? We're just waffling on. Again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I decided that I can't have a mullet and be and be husky, basically. So I cut my you hair off. You absolutely can. That's no. the point, isn't it? No, Having not a... not and wear dungarees. I look like I'm from Letterkenny, and I can't do it. I don't want to be that. Uh, how are the animals catch us up yeah so firstly thank um um our, we rescued a um Gwynny, a pony recently and she turned out to be much much harder work than we'd anticipated the, the picture that we'd been sent was like two years old and we did a four-hour drive up to wales should have been a three-hour drive so alex was already livid uh, and we arrived and this poor pony was basically emaciated um, and she was being washed as we arrived. So she must have been covered in mud. And then she had to go four hours back to the, the field or with her with her coat all wet. Poor bugger. Um, and then in the next sort of couple of weeks, it transcribed that she was full of worms. She had ringworm. She had white line disease. She was emaciated. She had she'd had botched surgery to her eye where she'd cut it and there was still cotton thread in her eyelid and hair was growing into the wounds 
and starting to give her potentially ulcers on her eyeball. It was yeah, absolutely horrendous. Now we have, we strongly believe you need to carry yourself before you carry others. Certainly if you're going to try and rescue animals. So we've got like a, a little rainy day fund that we have. It's about two grand. Um, and Alex hadn't told me that because every six months, me and Alex have this conversation where I say, right, we're just starting to break even. We might even start making some money soon and be able to go on holiday. So no more animals. And she'll go, yes, Darren, no more animals. We won't have any more animals. And then she'll see an animal that needs saving. And before I know it, she's gone and rescued it, right? Um, and I always say, like, the more animals we have, then the more can go wrong. Um, and as much as I hate being right, I love being right. But I hated being right in this situation. It really did go wrong. And um, Alex was almost in tears telling me that, you know, we've burnt through our two grand to try and fix this pony. So she put up a uh, GoFundMe um, recently. It was quite nice as well. She put it out to her horsey community before she'd sort of mentioned it to me. And she'd raised about 100 and 105 odd quid. And then she's sort of in tears saying, oh, could you, you know, she knows about Twitter. She doesn't quite know how many followers I've got. Not that I've got fucking many. Um but within 12 hours, there was 900 pounds in the account. <laughs> so thank you, geeks, is my is my point. We'd um, and that's going to help her for the next sort of six months onwards. And she's fine now. We don't we don't need any more. Um, so Gwynny has had uh, ringworm treatment. She's had her. She had to be in a stable for a week with her hoofs all bandaged in nappies, and that's come off now. So she was out of the stable for the first time in a week the other day. Um, this whole time we've had her, she's been super lethargic. And it was really nice because obviously the, the worming's working, the food that she's been given working, and she must be, be feeling a lot better because the first thing she did was start to buck and run around the, the big field. And that was quite emotional. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. So, yeah, she, Gwenny's doing very, very well, uh, as is Harvey, her, Alex's other horse. We're joined by Freddie today. Freddie, are you come up here and say hello? I don't know if you can see Freddie there. There he is. Hello, Freddie. Hi, Freddie. <laughs> oh and evie's here as well i didn't realize she was in here there those two buggers are doing very well evie started to poo inside the house which is driving us a bit mad we need to retrain her but other wow. than that <laughs> wow she's young okay how old is she uh she is like one and a half you one and a half evie or two she might be two she's too old to be pooing in the house basically so obviously she's too old gone, something's yeah. gone very wrong there and we need to sort that out. But we, our attentions have probably been elsewhere, which you deserve a bit more attention, don't you, darling? So, yeah, so they're very well. Malbec's still not got a Lego wheel for a leg. So that's that's good news. If, if some of you aren't aware, <laughs> uh, Malbec is a, is a tortoise. Turtle? Tortoise, yeah. Tortoise. Is a tortoise. Turtle in America, I believe. Yeah, is a tortoise who had a poorly leg, but we stuck a Lego wheel on him for a while and then we saved him. <laughs> the, the surgery did. It cost, <laughs> cost me £800, and he... Super glue the Lego wheel to his <laughs> I reckon we could have done that. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon there's not enough like, like, like just regular surgery. Like just a group of war gamers looking around a tortoise. Like I reckon I could build a sprue around that guy. <laughs> no problem. It. Yeah, convert it. Just convert a tortoise. That is absolutely. <laughs> they good divides on, wouldn't they? That's yeah. <laughs> just have him running around. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, animals are all well. Alex is all well. She's much happier now. Gwynny's Gwynny's okay. And like I say, I'm I'm ecstatic because I've got I've got lovely luscious hair for the first time in a couple of years. So happy days. <laughs> Yourself, how are you doing? 
Uh, I've been pretty ill past couple of weeks. Um, yes, uh, bad back, and then also some sort of like some sort of sickness. I don't know what it was. Um, uh, down with the sickness. Boom, 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 boom. No, uh, so and I'm still reco- I still think I'm recovering. Long story short, um, so that's okay, I guess. Um, maybe I stream too much because I was doing four hours a day, gone down to two hours a day. Not sure at the moment. Like, but there are people who do a lot more. So I yeah, but I, you don't you don't just stream though, do you? No, no, no. But there are people who there are people who do stream for hours and hours a day. So like maybe. Well, that's maybe, not healthy either. No, it, it is. Some people do. No, some, no, no. Some people do. Like some people are very excellent at it. Like so. Like yeah, I think it's just finding the right sort of like balance and stuff. Like I got an event this weekend here, which is really exciting. We've got um, a two K event coming up soon here for Age Sigma. We've got our first. Darren, I'm going to ask you first question. We've got our first thousand point event mm-hmm. here for Age of Sigma. Yeah. Um. So it's hour and a half rounds and five games in a day. I know you're you can't make it. But like, what are your thoughts, just from like a list perspective, you know, like how does it does it fire off the brain? Differences between one k, two k. How do you feel generally about like those things? I think, and do you know what? I think this is good for two thousand. This is good for competitive play at two thousand points, just because you're um, you're you're just thinking about unique and different situations. And and Age of Sigmar at its core is um, problem solving isn't it so at a thousand points there's a whole host of problems if you're a more elite army like storm um stormcast eternals you know how do you cover all those objectives you know how can we get value there um so i think that's quite it's a valuable it's valuable in on, on two prongs just for playing two thousand points so firstly at a list a list building stage it gives you a different set of you know um I'm trying to think of the correct word and I can't, but you know what I mean, a different set of variables to consider. And also actually on the tabletop, you're in situations that you wouldn't normally be in. And that allows you to practice your problem solving. Um, So I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. (laughs) Good. Good. Because one of the things that we talk about a lot in Age Sigma, and I know you're a big component of this, although you yourself don't do it (laughs) because you're just very good. But like getting reps in is, is very key, right? uh for, yes, for yes, yes, yeah. i would like to do more i just don't have time uh, that's okay no no I, no that's not criticism what i'm saying is um like the the getting reps in can be difficult especially when the maximum of a two-day weekend which you'll always see people be like well then i've got to get a train then i've got to get a hotel and then i got to pay for this i got to pay for that they're always like there's yeah. quite a lot which is why i think one day is a, a, a pretty good but then also getting five reps in if you do a, a 1000 point gate 1000 point tournament day versus a 2000 point tournament day you're obviously getting five games in versus three games so already you're practicing deployment you're practicing mm. you're practicing your, your you know you're doing 10 more rounds where you're doing your heroic actions your your, your hero phase it just feels like it will help people uh, practice and get reps in personally i also think it's yeah. probably more entertaining to watch mm. <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, certainly, certainly more than some. Um, <laughs> we, um, as the Bruces, we used to attend a great little event. It's probably still running. Um, we stopped going. I won't go to that. Um, uh, called Paul, and yeah. they. This is back in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and they would do a tournament where it was eight hundred points, and that was one of our favourite events in the year. Like you play seven games over two days. 
Um, we once pissed off an entire hall by just continually shouting football every time something went right. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there were there were all sorts of gaming systems going on and we upset the historical players. But, ah, yes. But, but, They're yes, never so that fun, are they? Perhaps we... No, well, they are. Well, they are, are in they? their own... Well, when you're when you're forty, fifty, and you're playing that game, you'll probably find them a great deal more fun than. Uh, I'm an not playing historicals, old. Darren. Stop <laughs> threatening me. <laughs> You've got the face. It's all perspective, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so those eight hundred point tournaments we just found super fun, super uh, super useful uh, in our in our two thousand point tournament games, and it was one of our. It was we you know we didn't miss it for for many years. Um, so yeah, def- definitely, definitely. I think they'll be super useful. I'd encourage anyone to go. Certainly go to the, it's like the arena, this event, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely go there because it's just such, such a nice, intimate, such a nice, friendly, fresh scenery's chef's kiss. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then, okay, so like, and then there's, um, uh, so that, that's interesting and I, I wonder what your take on it was because 2,000 points, I don't know. Like, if I'm being honest, cards on the table, just you, me, in the Twitch chat, and whoever's watching back on YouTube in the podcast, right? It feels like 2,000 points, honestly, is too much of a buy-in. Like, if you go to, like, the the kind of the, the pitch end of it, like, the, the like, I, I was having, a like, a, a private message to someone yesterday about kind of, like, the gaming people and how many... Uh, Jacob rang me yesterday as well, and he was asking me about how many people because i made a comment on monday i was like i was like 90 percent of people are pretty bad at warhammer and he was just like that's pretty bold pretty horrible statement to make and i was like i was like it's not i was like i've been doing this professionally for like four years i don't mean anything bad by it what i mean is is who has the time like who has the time to be a professional warhammer player right yeah. like at that level at versus whereas if you drop it to a thousand points you make the rules a little bit simpler and easy to get in you could do more skill expression i think at the top end i think it genuinely it pushes that 10 percent to be more people right and also you probably get more people in we we as a race have a and a smaller and smaller attention span so you know from must be from a sort of a commentary's perspective and from an audience perspective i imagine thousand point games would be a bit more engaging and a bit more uh certainly a bit more entertaining um definitely definitely um i also think as well for me personally it's nice to be able to go to an event that's different to what you're used to because then it keeps what you're used to fresh if you pay nothing but 2000 point tournament 2000 point tournament 2000 point tournament with the same list with the same list with the same list what's the point in life <laughs> like <laughs> change it up get some perspective um make it fresh make it and that's what these that's what paul used to do for us um and that's what i imagine this thousand point tournament will do for do for the people that attend and i'll, I'll try and make it to the next one yeah yeah well it, it, someone's just brought up it's like test match cricket versus uh versus 2020 2020 took the the, the world by storm just fyi like because i think mm-hmm. warhammer's great but i just don't think we've got the delivery system yet to take the world by storm but anyway more on that Next question: How is the uh, how's the book going? Oh yes, the t- we're almost there. Could we're you let almost... people know what I'm referencing? Yeah, of course. I'm writing um, my own tome from scratch, and um, centered around things. <laughs> Although in discovering this, there are several that people have done several of their own tomes for like Britonia, and there's obviously Tomkin. So it's a fan base fan based tome. Uh, we've been working on it about. 18 months and we're finally ready 
to almost show it to the world I'm quite nervous uh but it's it's everything it's got our full set of rules we've got largely most of the models available to be 3d printed we've got a full narrative for example uh for, the only thing we don't have is path to glory i've got fuck all knowledge about path to glory so i don't want to do i don't want to try and attempt to do it and just do a bad job so hopefully someone will jump in later and, and help us out with that um but yeah and it's at the end of march we're, we're aiming to do it. i'm going to owen's sometime next week to put the final bit of graphics design together and you know just add add some spice and some flavor to it but yeah we're quite excited i wonder if there's anything i can show you um that's okay. So just to, be, just to be clear for everyone at home who might not be aware, it's a it's a full battle tome with narrative, lore, um, and miniatures that you can purchase, as well as like a rule set, right? Yes. So I'll show you uh, an army screenshot. I wonder if you can, this might or might not work. Let me just see. Does that work on the? Oh, it does. Oh, it, it does. worked better than I thought. Yeah. How's that? That looks great. Oh, very nice. Uh, question is, uh, will we be able to buy the files and print our own armies, Darren? It's all free. So I'm not trying to do it for profit. It's my love letter to the Age of Sigma community to thank them for all the wonderful things that they've done for me over the years because mm. people are fucking great. So um, the point of it is to be free. <laughs> so, yes, um, all the all the files that we have, um, the ultimate goal, well, not the ultimate goal, but what I imagine will happen is people have already asked me, can they buy it? And I said, oh, I'm going to hopefully do some hard copies um but i'm only ever going to sell them at cost i don't want to make any money from it yeah. and they said well i want to give you some extra so i think people by and large are grateful and if i do get any donations i'll be putting it towards artwork for the tome and i do have a chap that would be able to do some 3d sculpting to make to make the models to make the range for it as it is we've got some very rude we've got some pretty rudimentary ones um but they're they're fucking great <laughs> consider the, the chap that's done it for me is tyromancer dan um and he had to teach himself to do it uh, and he decided just to just do it overnight like he just messaged me and said oh, i'm gonna try and do this for you which is fucking wonderful so we should be you, you should be able to print off most of the things that aren't easily convertible from the halfling range let's Ooh. say yeah. um but yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really, that'll, that'll all be free. That'll all be free. Well, it's really exciting. And obviously, I've known about this for a while. Um, uh, and we're going to be doing a review when the book is yeah. when the book is out. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I wanted to ask a question uh, for you personally, because obviously, yeah. like, one of the things that I'm probably going to allow at the TSN Arena, uh, and, and as you've said, um, I'm going to allow people to play the book at the arena in competitive oh, events. Oh, yeah. Bad right well yeah like it, it is and it isn't right because actually yesterday and i know you know this because we talked about it already um mm. one of the things that i brought up was like in my fever stream yesterday i was like i was like why the hell can't i play bretonia in age of sigma right now like competitively like why I'm can't an i i'm an adult i'll do what the fuck i want right yeah do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'm> a... <laughs> I have to remind myself of that all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I think to myself, do I want two biscuits with this cup of tea? And I think, of course I fucking do. I'm an adult. I don't have to ask my mum anymore. <laughs> in this case, though, there are people who are like, you can't put your biscuits in that tea. Right? <laughs> um, 
so like just as a as a general uh, outside of the feastmasters and i know that's going to be difficult for you to kind of get your your head out there but like how would you feel as because if you aren't aware for people at home darren's a member of the team england uh, world's team uh who previously have won what was a version of the world's before etc yeah. um the other day. uh yeah so he so he's done that um uh, there you go there's his shirt uh like so darren's darren's comfortably one of uh, the better gamers that you'll find in the uk if not the world right and i think that's a fair statement um so uh the like w with that in mind how would you feel going to competitive tournaments where there are community produced battle tomes right so this is super important isn't it yeah. and we you've got to get the balance right and i'm hoping that people will give me lots of constructive feedback um i started the reason i started this tome was i've got lots of opinions on rules and rules writing and balance but i've got no i've never tried to do it myself and the older i've got the more obsessed i've become with having an opinion from a position of strength so i thought right how hard is it to actually write a tome and make it balanced etc etc so that's why i started on this journey and my aim for this tome would would to be a a two three tome you know a 40 percent win rate it should be super challenging because imagine and 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 this became more important as the process went on because more and more people that sort of found out about it suggested that they would make it tournament legal at their events you know there's some other countries that have mentioned that it'll, they'll be tournament legal and i think you've not even fucking seen it yet um so it's super important <laughs> imagine going to a, a tournament you paid good money for and getting beaten by a fan-made tome <laughs> like it can't <laughs> That would be horrendous. If if I'd just written a, a a tome full of dragons, for example, then that would be that I would think would be a tough, difficult pill to swallow. Well, see, I see, I, I agree with you on I agree with you on the optics, mm. but I don't agree with you on where it lands. Like it's really important for you to hear, in my opinion, right? Mm. I agree with you on the optics that getting beaten by a fan-made tome would like oh sorry if a fan made tome was at the same level as let's say a bunch of storm Drake guard you would be like you were like oh that, you know like you would effectively be saying like uh, you i don't know i could i could understand people being upset right i get yeah. it i hear what you're saying 100 yeah. percent, right i get it right but also dragons exist so what's the difference if someone's think... like, like, if someone's like, oh, these are like Storm Drake Guard, I'm like, no, actually, their scroll is identical to Storm Drake Guard, <laughs> right? Therefore, is as okay as Storm Drake Guard, <laughs> right? Yeah, I get that. I think it depends on the amount of respect and clout you hold with the community. So this is my first attempt, right, um, at doing anything like this, and I've learnt a load, and I've really enjoyed, and I've really enjoyed the process. But I'm no rules writer. I'm no games developer. I've never done anything like this in my life. So oh. it would be, I think, arrogant of me to expect to to hit the mark straight on. Um, so, and I th and and I wouldn't want people to uh, treat me as if I had, if that makes sense. So I think if this comes out and it's received well, then perhaps I'll think to myself, right, I'll make my next home will be more competitive. I will, I will, and I think. That's in. I think. Well, it's important. It was important to me to have a direction for the tome and something that I could wor work towards. I think I've got a relatively good idea of what works in Age of Sigma, um, what's good, what's not, um, and I was hoping I'd be able to hit that mark. Right. So if I set out to make something as competitive as Storm Drake Guard, and I'd prove I had a backlog of work that proved I knew what I was talking about, 
then and I had the respect and the experience um, to justify that respect, then I think that would be completely fine having a tome that was as strong as as dragons. But if I just wrote one straight away, um, I'm also I'm also quite conscious that this is the first time that fan bait fan made stuff might be used in a competitive setting in age of sigma mm. so if i fuck it up that might fuck it up for everyone else so <laughs> it's, it's like, probably done correctly hasn't it uh yeah maybe May, like i like i honestly darren like i like yesterday was like like uh this is it's really great you're on the show today yesterday was an unintended consequence maybe subconsciously i knew you're on the show so i was like yeah, yeah. my mind was in in that headspace but i was like i was like yes i was like no, like no shot do I think that like someone turns up Bretonia and then kicks my ass. I'm like, all right, like I guess it's not more. Yeah, but you're not, you're not a, you're not competitively minded like that. If you were someone that came to an event and wanted to do well and thought I paid money, you might feel differently. But you're quite chill, so, so you're going to enjoy being killed by Bretonia guard. Whereas competitive gamers might not be i think i think you're talking about like you're probably talking about 12 cunts like is what you're talking yeah, about but those 12 cunts are still 12 percent of the you know they're still important <laughs> no, they're <not. laughs> no they're not no they're not no they're not that's a dangerous attitude to have that's a dangerous attitude i know i know but i but i'm okay with it the only reason i say I'm okay, the only reason i'm okay with it okay with it is because like i like i truthfully like like a, a rethinking of what the hobby is during covid yeah what competitive gaming even is right during covid is the concept that like truthfully it, it's a tabletop miniatures game and exploring any creativity in that space should be the most important thing right we do it with gaming all the time right as an example like you know we've done we do comp systems we do the pick and ban phase for super series worlds is another sort of comp in a kind of way right yeah. and and you know team uh, you love teams so there's like I just think that there's more creativity and the HTML community importantly, importantly, has got those few outliers who can be like, I can't believe your success. But those are in the minority because it's a hugely creative hobby. Like, I really do think that. So actually, I like, I think those people... But your be question was competitively based. It wasn't all of the the age of sigma yeah but, I'm so, but the competitive narrative events yeah so. yeah yeah but like that's only because they happen to know what's going to be competitive ahead of time because they get the all the information early and buy the army they're not the only teams. yeah they fucking are close <laughs> though aren't they right <laughs> anyway anyway so be calm, listen, be calm. i'm really excited about Feastmasters. Right. Yes. Su super excited about it. So, uh, and I'm glad you are. And it's great to it's great to have you doing something like that because you're pretty. Um, what's the word? You're very marketable as a person. Yeah, it's very easy to marketable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very easy to pitch something behind you because you ruffle no feathers. Everyone's like, oh, it's Darren. That's great. That's good. That's really positive. I've the wool over everyone's eyes, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're my friend, so there's got to be something in there. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right okay all right so the other thing that has happened recently so you played at the event at the arena uh recently uh yes, yes. with with uh i painted your my a seraphon army uh well yeah, some of a seraphon army well. oh thank glorious. you thank you you had a good time pushing seraphon i army? had a wonderful time yeah i had a bit of a funk i've had a bit of funk through covid gaming hmm. and i was starting to get feel and 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 i noticed myself be a little more negative on on with my tweets and my interactions with various people with gaming um 
And I tried to be a positive guy. I think maybe just COVID got to me and I just hadn't played enough games and I just assumed everything was rubbish. And what was nice at the uh, arena was it's not rubbish, is it? It's wonderful. Gaming's fucking great. I had a wonderful time. And the, all, all of my opponents were absolute gems. Um, they were better opponents than I was to them as well. I need to work on that. Um, but it, yeah, gaming's great. Age of Sigma's great. Yeah, it is. It's, just, it's that easy, right? Which is good, because then you felt inspired now to come and do a list show and talk about lists. I did, yeah. Yeah, because I don't... I have not spoken since September, which is like six months. And then previously before that, it was, what, a year? Like, the... The design space of Age of Sigmar is a lot more simplified, isn't it? All the values on War Scrolls, and there's so much list content out there that everything's much easier to figure out, I think, nowadays. And it's all figured out before the very first tournament with it, isn't it, basically? So there's not really any need for me to to do a list show, um, or it, it didn't feel like there was much need. You know, I'm not going to come on and talk about how fucking great dragons are. <laughs> That's like... That's dull, isn't it? Or it's, it's dull for me. And I only ever like to talk about stuff. That, um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel I have to do it every week. <laughs> 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 I don't know how I feel. Like, thankfully, thankfully, the people who are doing very well at the moment are people who are completely on my level. Like, Math Mallow goes and just takes everyone's toys off with 30 Sentinels. And he comes on the show and I'm like, how did you do it? And he's like, well, what I did, Rob? Is I, is I killed all their heroes on the first turn. Yeah, you're like, cheers, Matt, I love you. Like, like, <laughs> like there's a lot less, like, compared to two, three years ago, there's a lot less mm. of the sorts of people who like to, uh, there's a lot less of the self-aggrandizement, I think is good. I think Math Mallow, Matt Goldsborough, there's a group of good people who are, like, uh, very conscious of their, of their skill level and their placing in that skill level and about how the game is very fluid at the top, but also very fun and dynamic. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's actually very, very important. It's really fun to see those people playing games and having really good, like intelligent, smart conversations and it being less ego orientated. So it does make games far more interesting mm -hmm. to talk about. Uh, similar with like Gavin, and I realize I'm talking a lot, so I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, but like- I'm going to talk over you all the time. Don't worry about it. Uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the point is um, uh, like, that I, I recognize that feeling. I also have that same feeling. And also maybe that's in part why I'm like, well, let's add some more things into the mix because like, okay, so it, uh, having an adult conversation for a moment, a new GHB comes around, right? Whatever that mm. is, let's take, say it takes monsters away and it adds in like, I don't know, let's say it's infantry or it's characters or it's elites or whatever it cavalry. might be. Yeah, yeah, or, cavalry ca yeah a cavalry <laughs> or, or something, right? You get a bonus point for achieving a battle tactic with X, right? Yeah, yeah. the game isn't going to change dynamically enough because the game that we have at the minute is these things can absolutely decimate you on two turns right mm. and that and being conscious of that there's a great meta game for worlds how you pick and pair definitely but like you're gonna to have to do some pretty serious nerfs on key units to bring down their killing level without adding something new in like alapex's thralls and the smash king for Ideal has just been released right we're mm. just there right so i know in two in a month's time that i'm going to be talking about those every single week right mm. and so you're absolutely right you're at a level i hope i'm at that level and many other people are at that level in the twitch chat where we already know that the game's fairly solved which is why i think making the game more dynamic and interesting is fun but also it's why those lists that are doing wild like the four one brackets and the three twos are far more interesting which is why i think you're here to talk about corn today because actually 
you can do some really dynamic stuff and doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go five all the time but you can have fun with it right i think the, the lists i'm going to talk about are terrible but i think they're hilarious <laughs> i think they're hilarious and i'm keen to try them and i would like one of my favorite list diary um stories um is from i did one on um ether Quartz machine gun which was archaon and he used to trigger everyone's command ability and you could have and I'd made five other Plague Lords, and they had a command ability where you pick a unit within 14 inches, roll seven dice on a six, they take a mortal wound. And that meant that you'd be rolling 35 dice, and for every time you rolled a five plus, you'd get another command point back and you could do it again. Um, and then I got told this story that a chap in Australia just wanted to go to a, an event and drink some beers, and he'd listened to the show, and he thought, fuck it, I'll take it. Um, and he did terribly throughout the entire tournament. I think he like won one game and then lost three in a row or something. I'm making that up, something like that. But his last game, he he beat a corn player and he just tabled him in a turn. Like every the stars aligned and he just fucking destroyed it. And the corn player like up tabled and said he swore he'd never play Age of Sigmar again. Which I'm sad that I ruined someone's hobby, but I also think it's fucking hilarious that he just rolled loads of loads of fucking sixes. Um, you know, I, I like those moments in in Age of Sigma where the stars align and, and beauty is created. And I think the um I'm hoping, I mean I may have got some of the rules wrong. That's a classic thing, Darren thing to do, isn't it? But from my limited understanding of the new the new corn nerfs, I think we can do some very funny things. So they're probably not four one lists if you're listening to this to try and get better at Age of Sigma, but they are they are story making. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's really important as well. Like again, because I don't want to talk about X. Some people want to go to tournaments every weekend, and and they want to push the same armies around all the time. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, hobby. like, but like, creative list writing and creative game playing should be something that we uh, shout out as much as the fact that someone paints a miniature really pretty. Yeah, we, or... we all play it differently. We all play it differently. Like, I, I can't play the same army every fucking tournament. I can't do it. My brain would melt with boredom. Like, you know, but and and I'm not the only one. I think so. Um, there's there's different ways to enjoy this hobby, even competitively. It doesn't all have to be about min-maxing, you know, the, the top-end shiz. Sometimes I enjoy the challenge of taking X unit and thinking to myself, how can I get every single little piece of value out of this? And I find that from, from a list-building um, perspective and from um, increasing your skill level for list-building, um, super useful. So that when you're writing lists, they don't, have to always be five they don't always have to be five nil you can you can practice getting better at list writing by taking a random unit really understanding its stats really understanding how it interacts with the allegiance abilities and all the potential allies and trying to get the most out of that scroll you know uh, and I, I find that fun i find that fun to do guys i'm fucking sad aren't i <laughs> <laughs> no 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 people don't get it like people don't get it like i try all the time like i'm like there are people who play games and they're, they're like mechanic junkies like you and me 
where you get to mm. do like really fun shit right and that is especially because it's all dice based a lot of the time so you like do thing it's just like you have to do that thing to make that thing happen i told mm-hmm. this story recently like nathan did nathan uh played a was playing i think he was playing against tom fretwell the little cute bastard i can't remember yeah yeah, yeah. and and nathan like chose his battle tactic at the start. i love tom tom's great uh, i chose um uh, nathan chose his battle tactic at the start of the turn as you choose battle tactics uh, obviously uh, and and in, or- in order to achieve his battle tactic with his goal it was to cast hand a gork against zinch yeah yeah already <laughs> i'm already into it <laughs> okay do a nine inch charge with a netter yeah? yeah which is what he teleported one netter yeah <laughs> <laughs> right the plays yeah the plays. the plays did the nine inch charge and then kill like the single model that was on the objective with the, sorry and nathan will be mad if i don't sell this right the champion netter right yeah that's important much better than the regular netter um uh and then kill a single model in a, a model on an objective which i think was like max hit max wounds all go through and kill it yeah, yeah and he did yeah. it right and yeah. like uh, and that's a much better story than turn one i took you more crush off with six long strikes 100 percent. 100 percent. and what i really like about that is sometimes you have to play to your outs so if you're not looking for these cute little plays i spend ages thinking about what a list can do in the first couple of turns and how how they all interact you know we'll, we'll go through a couple of the, the sillier plays that these lists can do but if you don't practice thinking about them when situations arise where they could be useful you won't have that in your toolkit you won't have that in your your mental toolkit your your mind space right um and the fact that he recognized right the only way i've got any chance of winning is if i I do these three things. They're all unlikely to happen, but they did happen, right? And he won. And you'll win more games if you've got more plays in your playbook than you'll than you'll lose with them, right? Mm. Sometimes you've got to you've got to understand your outs. Um, I'm not sure Nathan did understand his out. Maybe he just did it. <laughs> no, he understood an out. Yes. <laughs> You know, like yeah, in uh, you know, like in Avengers, when he's like, when like he's just like, he's, I've been through six million universes, and there is only one answer. Yeah, whereas yeah, like yeah. in Nathan's case, there were probably like twelve answers, but he like he only <laughs> he only visited one, the mushroom universe. He only went to the one universe. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, all right. So corn, what is it that got you excited about corn? Because corn got a white dwarf update, which generally wasn't seen to be uh, particularly strong. Thanks, Jacob Berry, for donating five gift subscriptions, and in fact, everyone thank you everyone for uh subscribing or tuning in live appreciate you loads what um uh what is it about the corn update that got you excited uh i just laughed at the i can't remember what it's called but the one <laughs> it doesn't say enemy spells or endless spells does it it no. just says spells the battle trait and it's yeah the battle trait it's just another case of people not putting putting two to two two and two together and getting five isn't it you know, not understanding how this is actually this can potentially be exploited, and we love we love exploits, right? Mm. Um, and I, an old list show, one of my favourites, and one of the ones that I used at um, a GW event. Um, one of my favourite armies to use actually was a, an army that was based on summoning with blood tithe points, trying to generate as many blood tithe points as as possible. And I think people have already mentioned on Twitter that, that it interacts with cogs quite well. Um, but I, I think there's other ways you can you can utilize that, which will will should we start with the stupidest one? The sure. one that I'm most excited What's the one most what's the stupidest one? 
Uh, it is called, uh, I think it's called The Art of Dying Well. Okay. Because I'm very, I'm poetic. <laughs> okay, so it's on this on this Wargamer site if anyone wants to go check it out. And I'll put it in the I'll put it in the show notes and wildly I'm gonna put it in uh to uh I don't know what you call this thing. Uh the the whatever. Doesn't matter, chat. There you go. <laughs> so 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 first off, when I, I thought right, I can I can do something with this shiz. Happy days. I mean there's a couple of other changes to the the um oh that's it. The um the scenery piece has changed. It for... has for the better uh, in the way that I want to be running. I want to be running core. Um, and also, I, w I think I was looking at the stats of corn, or I'd watched one of your videos, and you mentioned corn's poor win rate, but you also mentioned we can now track what people are using faction-wise, and it's clearly Reapers, isn't it? 80% Reapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's caught on to the fact that piling in with Scarbrand or a bloodthirster of incident range twice is fucking great um and it is fucking great i'm not saying that it's not and i'm not i'm not saying these other i see something in these other factions that other people don't um again i thought to myself right i'll practice i'll do some practicing list writing and we'll try and look at we'll try and explore some of the other lesser used factions just for fun mm -hmm. right um so we'll start off with the gore tide and there are <laughs> <laughs> i've got a really silly slaughter priest that can do up to 30 damage in a turn, which we'll talk about. Um, and there's a little cute thing that you can do that interacts well with with, with generating with blood tithe points. Um, it, I think, so first of all, I, need to make, I just need to check my understanding of various things. What's that? Did you just fart or something? <laughs> I just read the list. <laughs> oh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's 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 fucking okay. awful, but I I I love it. I love it. I love yeah. It. Um, let me wax lyrical about it. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. So... No, no, I'm not saying it's awful. No, like like let's go. I'm ready. I'm... So as I understand it, so you so first of all, when we look at when we look at trying to get value out of out of a sub faction or or out of a faction, we have to really understand what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. Ooh. And corn have got fucking loads of weaknesses right you could say that their armor is terrible they're supposed to be a fighting faction and they're dog shit at it um you know they've got elitist point they're, they're pointed too high in certain areas in the in the current um age of three setting you know they're they're way down there and that's that's proven by by stats isn't it and and some good players still use corn um but they're not they're not a great they're not a great faction so we don't have really great elite troops we don't have a lot of staying power what we do have though is access to a ton of shit <laughs> so lean into that fucking lean into that there's no point having armor even a four plus save is is dog shit in this meta isn't it so why fucking it bother? i keep telling people right? that and they're like oh, isn't it okay and i'm like no, no. It's terrible. Mm. The power output's massive. So don't put any of your resources into trying to stay alive, basically, or any of your resources into armor. Um, but what we do have is a ton of shit and a ton of way of getting loads of loads of fucking attacks. So the list is uh, Slaughter Priest. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to make sure that I I've got the, the basics of corn still correct, because I'm slightly worried that I haven't, and obviously I, I tend to get lots wrong. Um um, you, there's been a change where you can add Slaves of Darkness units to a corn. You can corn in list. coalition. Yeah, so they so half of them can be coalitioned units, but they only gain the corn keyword and the blood tithe 
thanks to the FAQ, changed any mention of corn units to blades of corn units. So you can't use the blood tithe points to interact with the coalition units, yeah. but you can use the corn allegiance abilities yes. with coalition units, right? Okay. I think I think we're on the same page there. People in chat can tell me I'm wrong or, or point it out on Twitter and show everyone how clever they are. But I think that's how it works. So we've got a sort of priest who's a general. Um, in the Gore Tide, you get Hugh the Foe, which gives you plus one damage to your, your melee weapons. He's got an arcane tome, because I'm a narrative fuck, um, and I've given him flaming weapon. And he's got the prayer uh, blood sacrifice. Yeah. And I just think it's funny that the Slaughter Priest could <laughs> cast a spell in the first place. I mean, that's wonderful. The recent change to the scenery piece no longer minuses one to cast. So, so your then... casters are better. Yes, yeah, yeah. So this is this is a good thing if you're allying in some wizards or you're using um, the arcane tome to try and to try and trigger that new allegiance ability. Um, so this is this is this is a good thing. Um, but here, the slaughter priest could potentially have plus two to his damage, and he can have six. So he can have six attacks. And the I've got an aspiring champion later on the list can give him plus one to each of those attacks. So and he can do d6 mortal wounds from his prayer. You know, slaughter priests have got a prayer oh, 16 inches, four plus d6 mortal wounds. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so he, I just think it's funny that this little chap can potentially do 30, 30 wounds in a turn. And that's a story that I want to hear. And it's very unlikely, but it's like a it's a Nathan story, right? It is. <laughs> it is. But, so that's why he's here. We've got, then got a second slaughter priest with curse. Curse in corn is 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 great. Is, is is really fucking good. You've got loads of attacks, and we've got ways we can we can increase our curse range. And thanks to the shrine, we get a reroll on it. Lovely, just lovely. If you manage to set the shrine up near mystical terrain, you can get plus one to it, and then you can reroll it. So curse is curse is good in corn. Um, a blood secretor. Obviously, he's got that bubble of plus one attack. Um, he's got the blood forged armor, which is, I believe, a five up um, save against mortal wounds. Uh, he's got decent armor, um, and he's but he's susceptible to mortal wounds just like anyone. Uh, you, you need to keep this chap alive, so put some of your resources into keeping him alive. An aspiring Deathbringer with the Throne Breaker's Talk. Throne breakers talk. That just means that his armor save becomes ethereal. You have to give this someone this this item. It's actually a bit shit because I think it's it was clearly designed for a different age because we can't all out defense and we can't make use of cover and we can't make use of the garrison. So it's not it's not actually a very good item, but it's the one that you have to take for for gore tide, right? Mm -hmm. um, Scar blood wrath is my favorite one of my favorite units in the game ever. So he features in here. I'll talk about him in a moment. Um, and then allies, you can ally in um, Nurgle. And obviously we want we want a wizard caster to be able to trigger some of these um, these allegiance abilities. And Festus is one of the best ones, I think. When I was going through it, I was looking at all the various Nurgle wizards. Festus has got an ability. Let me just bring up his scroll where he can heal a friendly unit. So it's not a Nurgle unit. It's oh, a friendly unit. It's yeah, it's re it's really good. I'm surprised we don't see more of him in. Here we go, Festus Leechlaw. Let me just read this out to you. So he's 150 points. He can cast one spell. Wonderful. Not only has he got a, a really cracking spell himself, which is on a seven, pick a unit within 14 inches and reduce their armor save by their save characteristic or their save. Yeah, bear with me. Uh, so when are you at the range? Subtract one from save roll. Okay, so you subtract one from save roll. So it's not as good as save characteristic. They mm. should have. 
they should have, they should have done that, but they didn't. Um, but that's still that's still pretty good. So it's basically giving your army of shit some ren. That's a good spell. But he's also got this ability, uh, delightful brews, splendid restoratives, rest restoratives. God, I wish I was educated. Um, at the start <laughs> of your hero phase, at the start of your hero phase, you can pick one unit within one inch. If you pick a friendly unit, roll a dice on a two plus, they heal D3 wounds. So in an army where you're killing yourself, that's actually that's super useful. It's, it's super useful anyway. It's a way of getting a heal on one of your characters that's in melee without using a heroic action, for example. Mm. I think he's a solid a solid pick for Corn if you are looking for a wizard. Um, and then we've got three units of Blood Reavers. I've put Meat Reaper Axes, uh, Meat Ripper Axes here, but I, I was thinking about this the other day. This is a sort of the inches that I fucking procrastinate over a great deal. It's probably best to give a give them their other option, which is like dual blades or some such, but it allows them to re-roll ones. We're probably not doing... I'm not sure rend... Meat Ripper axes give you rend one, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure rend does anything in, in the world anymore, does it? With <laughs> I mean, like... No and yes, I guess. Like you know, it's always it's always in the right situation. I guess there was a point in Age of Sigmar where there was more there was more plus one minus one. Like that rend was was situational because the average was four, but the average feels like either you're either up against three up armor saves or six up armor saves. So when yeah. it's a six up, you're like oh, I don't care, and when it's a three up, you're like well, this feels like it does little. So like you you you're in this, it feels more polarized as to whether or not it's effective, and in both cases, it feels like it's worthless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still on the fence as to which one is better. In this list, we do have curse, so maybe the reroll ones would be better if you're trying to hit those sixes for for mortal wounds, right? Mm. Um, but I will I'll agonize over this for for weeks. Um, but for now, we'll put me ripper axes. Use whatever the fuck you want. Um, and then a cute little unit, which is the one of the war cry. I think it's from war, war cry. cry yeah. I'm not sure. No, yeah. not war cry. Rip- Sorry, underworlds. Yes, nice. So rip tooth, which is a mini flesh hound. Uh, he rerolls charges, um, but he's really in the list to just fucking die. And then three Magor's fiends, which are the little chaps that come with him. So it's a unit of three um, uh, blood warriors. They've got two wounds each. Um, so there's six wounds there. That's important. And then we're on two. So that's a good that's a good eleven drops already. Yeah. And then the rest of the rest of the army is one Fomoroid Crusher, Nailed which it. is the slave to darkness, like beastie malarkey mm-hmm. he's got a rock that he throws but he's also got something that smashes up scenery around it and then i can't even remember how many one what? two three four five six seven eight nine units of untamed beasts with the mark of core the future we the few well they're st- they're really really good but they're i mean we we've we've mentioned how good this unit is many many times haven't we they're, yeah and they're even more important nowadays that that pre-game move because we've got a lot of very vulnerable characters that pre-game move is going to allow us to push out any teleporting we might be able to save some of our characters maybe maybe on a diagonal from some long strike dudes um anything we can do to try and force them to make us go first is good and this unit allows us to do it but this critically this unit can run and charge which is why we've selected it and you can give it the mark of corn and it's got a pre-game move um and then to round off the list We've got two endless spells, Chronomatic Cogs, um, and the Geminids of Urgish. <laughs> Urgish. 
fuck it, Geminids. <laughs> Interestingly, now, someone someone suggested yesterday that I write a battle tome for Tyranids, and yeah. they and they, you know, the space between light and dark, where mm-hmm. so that's just kept that that's where they should be from. And I was like, what a great suggestion! Like, what? imagine gribbly right. gribbly monsters from in the realms, but from space. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be nice. Someone's isn't that just chaos? They're nightmares. No, chaos is the realm. You mean like they more insane? Yeah, an alien, an alien realm. Well, yeah, that might be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway sorry, Geminids no, though of the Geminids light and the dark. There. This is um, a really underused um, endless spell, and rightly so because it's shit. Here we've got four ways of utilizing it, and it's 80. Po- I actually think the 80 points that you're investing in this is actually very good. Um, in this list, so I'll explain why in a moment. And then we've got the Wrath Axe, which I think has got much better than it was because it used to be a five to cast, it's now a four to cast, and it's the only um, is it an invocation, a yeah, prayer invocation, invocation yeah. blood invocation, or whatever the wank is. Um, it's the only one that can now damage you before the bleeding icon used to do d3 mortal wounds to you as so you run it over your own units mm. um that doesn't do it anymore so this is the only way we because the, the point of this list i'll go for it now is to damage yourself <laughs> and then we've got two warlords with various units and all the characters so we that's how we've got the extra items we've got um hunters of the heartlands you put that anywhere you fucking want but i've put it on the the um the blood reavers and it comes in at 1990 so we've got a play which i've gone we've got a um triumph play which i've gone for indomitable i used to really detest this i used to think it was terrible um but actually it's the more i've played the more i've seen it it's the best one it's even in even in an army like this which is just full of you know it doesn't have very very large units it's still good and i'll i'll try to explain why i think that in a minute yeah Okay. What the fuck is this list doing? You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it do? What does it do? Yeah. Okay, cool. So what we're trying to do here is this. Imagine you've deployed this list. So we've kept our Blood Reavers towards the back, screening out any p- potential deploy um, teleports, if there are teleports. If not, we're, we're going to move them up a, a, a bit further. And then we've got at the front two lines of... Um, the untamed beasts four of them should stretch across the entire the entire board so before the game begins we're going to be able to move one unit up six inches and then another one again it could be six inches it could be three inches depending on what the situation this depending on who you're facing you you don't want units to be able like if you're fighting um the ko unit that that with that, that alpha beasts it's ironclads forwards then gets its steps that come along with it and then they get to move you don't want to leave yourself in a situation where they can just jump over your front line and you can do that by making sure that they're seven inches well or six point six point nine inches away from the back line so they can't land because they can't be within three inches of the other you don't want anything to get into your your army basically right and you set up in such a way, you try and find a scenery piece where you can put all your characters around and the Fomoroid, uh, the Fomoroid Crusher, Riptooth and Magor's Fiends. And your hero, for, if they go first, because they're a one-drop dragon list and they're fucking clever and they've read on the internet that going first is bad, going second's good, because it gives you the double turn and it stops the double turn. I mean, that is the that is the good thing to do, I guess, in most situations. Um, but if they, if they force you to go first because you've got 21 drops, you can 
first off, we're trying to get as many blood type points as possible. So we would, with our general, or with our, which one's got it? Yeah, with our general, we would blood sacrifice. Blood sacrifice is you, you pick a unit within, I don't know, eight inches, three inches, some such, and we're going to pick scar, scar blood wrath in this situation mm. you do d3 mortal wounds and you gain a blood tithe point so we've got a blood tithe point which is fucking great um i don't think it's we could go on about what blood tithe points do but i think most people know if you don't know go read up on them they're really fucking good and i'll highlight some of my favorite ones a bit later um and scar blood wrath comes back <laughs> so that's why we're trying to kill him so we do d3 mortal wounds to him that way and we get ourselves a blood tithe point and we put him we put it near the near the scenery piece so we get a re-roll on that so it's like i think it's like a 75 percent chance of going off so it's it's reasonably consistent we then with the fomeroid crusher he selects a piece of scenery within eight inches three inches i can't quite remember um, just make sure you deploy him close enough to the scenery. And then every unit that's within three inches of that piece of scenery or an inch or perhaps on it, um, on a three plus takes D3 mortal wounds. So we're hoping to hit Riptooth, who's got two wounds. If we kill him, that's another blood type point. So we'd have two. Another D3 wounds on Scar Blood Wrath. So he could potentially be dead. But on average, he'd have taken four. And then we want to try and hit Magor's Fiends as well. Okay. Um, and then, <laughs> and then actually, before we do any of that, this is important. We want to do our spells first. So I would, I would cast Geminids with either your Slaughter Priest or your, or your Festus Leech Lord. And what that does is you put two, two of the, the bollocks down within six inches of each other, within eight inches of the dude. And then you can move them eight inches. And they do, on a two plus, if they go over a unit, they do a mortal wound and then some other effect I can't, that isn't, that isn't relevant um, in this, in this malarkey. Um, but the corn, <laughs> the corn um, new allegiance ability is if you're affected by a spell or an endless spell on a roll of a six, you take a blood tithe point. So try and get this across as much of your army as possible. Um, I think realistically, because you can set one, like six there and then one here as well you're going to be able to go across two lines of your your troops so all your untamed beasts all your characters and if you manage to get them across every single unit it might be difficult but if you deploy your untamed beasts rather in a line in like a horizontal line going up the board we should be able to get across most of the army that could be 20 rolls uh you know rolling a six and that could give us that will give us on average three blood tithe points so we'd have five blood type points. Huzzah. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately, before the game's... Well, before your hero phase is over. Um, what we're aiming for, we're hoping to spike at this point. I think, realistically, it will also help you kill off some of your units. So it might help you finish off Scar. It might help you finish off Riptooth. And we're hoping to kill off Magor's Fiends as well, because mm. they've got six wounds. If we manage to kill those three units, Scar, Riptooth, Magor, and we get one from Blood Sacrifice, that's four Blood Tithe points, and we manage to get the average amount from Geminids, that's seven Blood Tithe points. That means in our at the end of our movement phase, we're going to be able to summon 20 Blood Letters <laughs> to the table. Yeah. First turn, 20 Blood... If we spike ever so slightly with the Geminids roll, we're going to be able to summon a Bloodthirster to the table, because they're eight points. If you killed everything in this list... 
there's 21 drops in this list. That's two and a half bloodthirsters. So the story that I want to create with this list is summoning a bloodthirster every time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I genuinely think with a little bit of luck would be <laughs> would be possible. It's not actually the best play, but it would give you it would give you it would give you that option. Yeah, because you're working really hard to do something you could put something in your list. Yes, however, you're right. Okay, but your list you are yeah, no, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, but yeah. they're fucking slow and they die. Yeah, that's now true. and I guess also it's kind of like a I guess it's like a null deployment, like when you can put something into deep strike, but you're like you're going about it by putting it into blood strike. You're like you're like <laughs> hiding it in a pool of blood. You're like like it's like a meat sandwich like like you've like basically like you see you see all of those units, they're actually mm. bloodthirsters. And the guy's yeah. like, What? Like, <laughs> like, what am I looking at? And then it eventually gets murdered. You put a bloodthirster, they're like, oh, I get it. Oh, okay. What a story, though. But huh? also, imagine you rock up to the table and sh someone shows you this list. Are you thinking, fucking, I'm going to be charged by a bloodthirster in the first turn? No. Probably not. Are you setting up to look to to try and stop a bloodthirster or 20 bloodletters charging you in the first turn? Probably not. So this, a lit list like this, where people can't see it, they need to experience it, will take advantage of people not knowing what it does right to the maximum, which I've made a career of. <laughs> um, but we'll carry on. Now, then later on, so you've done that, you've done your hero phase. The reason why we've got all these untamed beasts is they can... Cogs will give you plus one to your charge if you're within 18 inches. Now, they've gone up the board six inches. They can run and charge, which is super handy. So we're probably getting a lot of charges off. And then in the first turn, every time they're affected by Cogs with that plus one, if they make a charge roll, that's another attempt at um, getting a blood type point. Okay, so if you do manage to charge with all of them, which is nine of them, that's one and a half blood tithe points. The core, the um, Gortide, the reason this is in Gortide is they've got a command ability that allows you to pick a blood warrior unit, which could be your Mughal's Manglers, or pick a, I think they've got the, the blood warrior keyword. If they haven't, don't fucking tell me, I don't care. Um, or uh, you could pick your blood reavers. And it makes them run and charge. And I think they go six inches automatically. Let me just check. Gortide. Just read it to you. Yeah. So you can use this command ability to make a run roll for one friendly Gortide Blood Reaver or Blood Warrior unit wholly within six inches of a friendly model with this command ability. If you do so, the run roll is treated as being a six. So again, they'll have gone like 11 inches up the board. I think they've got five inch move, maybe a six inch move, um, but they might be in range as well. So that's another potential at getting another blood tithe point, which which is wonderful. So you should end up, if you manage to get, um, if you manage to get one of your blood reavers in position where they're charging and you manage to charge with all nine of your, <laughs> your, your um your untamed beasts. I mean, yeah, I appreciate you might not be able to, but even if you get one blood tithe point, that's free. That's free value for for the cast of a chronomatic cog. I think that's I think that's worthwhile. We're aiming for two because when they take their turn, we want to have two that enables us to stop one of their stop one of their spells. So if you're fighting Teclas, you could stop the one that um, teleported a unit or gave everyone a five plus a five plus mortal wound save. Yeah, so it's an auto unbind. 
it's an auto yeah yeah it's it's on the blood type table in fact we're probably aiming for three because we want to be in a position where you could just run your gortide dudes up to them look at those four dragons and then in their hero phase you could charge them and pin them in to their you pin them into their their part of the table one of the fundamental principles for me when i'm playing a game of age of sigmar is i want the points of engagement and by that i mean where the fights are i want them in my opponent's territory and not mine because that means my my objectives are are safe and they're the ones that are under pressure and they're the ones that are potentially going behind if i spike my rolls and if they fuck up theirs right Um, i'd much prefer to things to go tits up in their side of the board rather than my side of the board and this is what i think you know we're flooding their territory if they let us go first with all these untamed beasts if they do go first we've only given them a load of shit to kill and we've then got the chance at the double so i'm happy i like win-win situations and a list like this will give you a, a win-win situation, I think. Um, now, Scar Bloodwrath, remember he, we killed him in our hero phase? We did. He's got a great rule. He's got a fucking cracking rule where at the end of every movement phase, so your movement phase and your opponent's, I don't think it's been FAQ'd yet. <laughs> if you roll hasn't. A, hasn't. Right, cool. If you roll an eight or more on two dice, he appears anywhere on the table, within, um, but he's got to be nine inches away from the enemy. And then you can bring your bloodthirster with him, or you can bring bring your your twenty bloodletters because you get to choose the order that they go down in. So that's a way of getting these. You're right. We have worked very hard for our bloodletters. Or if we only get six blood tithe points, you can bring down ten flesh hounds. They've got reroll charges inherently on their war scrolls, so mm. they're really fucking useful. Um, and we can then charge Scar in, we can charge our bloodletters in, we can charge our bloodthirsters in, whatever. Um, but we're completely gumming up all of their board with all these little shitty units that, yeah, they aren't great. But when they die, they'll create more blood type points. So we can then bring Scar and Scarath back with more of his mates. And you just you just wear the opponent down. Yeah. We have got ways of actually killing them as well. So the Slaughter Priest has got two ways of making use of curse more effectively than other other because oh, we can just re-roll all prayers get over here well no three ways we're getting value here actually so firstly a sort of priest has got a prayer that will bring a unit d6 inches towards it it has to be successful so it's a minimum of four inches so you could bring a unit four inches and then curse them with the other one so that's a, a nice one two combo but also the reason we want it, we want to start our hero phase with three blood tithe points is we can then use that to move our slaughter priest forward five inches and then curse that unit that our opponent previously thought was was safe from being cursed, right? Mm. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And we've got a fuck ton of attacks in an army like this. So the blood reavers themselves have got one attack on their profile. They get plus one if they're within 16 inches of an icon or a totem, one or the other. Um, and the blood secretor counts as that. So they'd have two attacks. And you've got the blood secretor's natural plus one attack to everything within 16 inches from his big fucking flag. So that's three attacks each. And then the aspiring death bringer. He's got a command ability, cast on himself. Mortal units within... Oh, God, my memory's terrible. 16 inches, 12 inches. Let me just check. Aspiring Deathbringer. Slaughter Incarnate. Uh, one attack within 12 inches. So mortal units wholly within 12 inches get plus one attack to their profile. I love this. That's an 80-point unit that's now got 41 attacks 
And if you've managed to curse that unit, you're going to get seven. This is why I think perhaps the reroll ones is better because you've got all these attacks. We're trying to we're trying to get those sixes, um, but you've got four, and it's only an eighty point unit. So people will underestimate the power output from these from these little shitty units. We're hoping people we're hoping people look at the list, don't have a fucking clue what it does, deploy really badly get surprised by the 20 blood letters or the, the bloodthirsters or the flesh hounds and scar coming into them. And then later on, they're surprised by the damage output of these little shitty units that are only 80 points. What I think is, got... is most fun is everyone in the chat. If I can, if I, if the chat is well, speaking to me, right? No, 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 they're not wrong. But even after the explanation, they don't have a fucking clue what's happening. So your opponent, <laughs> your opponent definitely is not going to have a fucking clue. Yeah. Like he's going to be like, what? What? Am I explaining it poorly? No, no, Am you're I explaining, explaining it, it great. You're explaining it great. I think, uh, who was it? Uh, Big Room said it sounds like a lot like Soul Black Grave Lords for people with an accountancy degree, uh, which I think <laughs> is, uh, which I think is fair. I think the, the point is, the point is there's lots of intricacy that's available inside of this particular set. Plays. Plays. So this is what I was talking about before. There's plays for days and your opponent won't see them coming. And that's, what I've enjoyed about writing this list is is thinking about how can I actually use this on the tabletop. If you were fighting dragons, I'm, this this actually got a bit of game against them because they've got to keep their dragon, especially in scenarios where you've got three objective each. They can only push forward with so many of their dragons, and they've got to keep others back to to hold their objectives. But they'll probably be they probably be overconfident, and if they left their objectives, Scar can jump up on their their objectives. And I just, I just, I really enjoy that that threat of Scar being off board and being able to come on the the, the table anywhere with twenty blood letters potentially every turn. You know, if if the stars align, I think that's decent. I like that. Um, the Fomoroid Crusher as well. I enjoy little things like this. He's got a shooting attack that's got damage too. I think it threes to hit, threes to wound, maybe a couple of attacks. But what I like about that is it it might force your opponent to use a command point for all out defense because they might think to themselves i don't want to take two damage on this dude and it just i like how that and if they don't they might regret it because <laughs> you might get two damage through to a character right? <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy those little i enjoy those little ways of picking at an opponent and yeah. and making them question their decisions because Every time you've got to make a decision, it's a little bit more mental fatigue. And I think a list like this, I mean, using this list is going to be full of, full of fucking mental fatigue, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and at the end game, you run in your slaughter priest. You've already, you've already fested them. That unit of dragons is already minus one armor save. Festus then turns the slaughter priest into a monster. You roar at them, so they've only got a four up save. And then you do 30 damage by hitting everything and wounding everything and casting flaming sword. <laughs> and that's the story that I want to tell people. <laughs> From the slaughter priest. They were like, what? <laughs> Imagine, not... imagine that story like you know after the game you go like you're at the bar and you're you're not you yeah the, your mates like the guy yeah. you played is just goes to the bar with his mates he's like so how was your game he's like right okay let me explain what happened <laughs> like he killed his army in front of yeah. me and you're like right all right okay yeah sure right and then he summons a bloodthirst and he charged me and you're like uh, what? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Some bloodthirsty corn. Okay. Then a slaughter priest killed four dragons. Right? <laughs> right. Wait. Sorry. What? A slaughter priest 
And he'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, and then this little fella kept coming back and then he kept killing himself and he kept coming back. And I, yes. I don't know what was happening. Like, and then the guys, he's like, you need a drink. It's like, I do. I don't know what happened. Um, like, it's way more fun. Uh, okay, great. I love that, Darren. That's great. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, <laughs> great. Love that. Weirdness. Is that, that, I, I, like I say, I don't think that is going to shake up the meta for corn, but I do think that's a very fun way to to, to use corn, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, all of those untamed beasts are only five pounds a box, Mrs. Gitley, if you're still listening. Um, but uh, there's still a lot of money on um, what is effectively meat for the grinder. Um, yeah, I know, I know, but it is a different way of playing the game. Um, I like. I don't want to put down Bastilodons and shoot them twice and tell Twitter how good I am at Warhammer. I want to. <laughs> I want to. Um... <laughs> sure, Darren. Sure, I want Darren. To do this. Not even. Not even. Not, not even. Like not even once you 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 throw in any shade there. Uh, right. Okay. What's what's the next one? <laughs> oh, I'm, I tell Twitter that I'm brilliant at Warhammer in other ways. Don't I? I, I know I'm a hypocrite. Um, but yeah, another. So the next one is um, just very, again, very silly. Um, Alex Ghostarm is running uh, Manchester Carnage soon, isn't he? And he's got an interesting comp, I think. Has he changed it? I mean, he seems to be. He got a lot of um, stick, didn't he, when he when he first sort of mentioned what he was doing? But I actually quite like the the um, the pack, um, just because it's something different. Again, it keeps. It keeps your gears going, etc. And corn, I believe, get an extra two hundred and fifty points. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, and I'm wrong, then they should. <laughs> In a different pack. Um, so I just wrote a brief list for um, if we were using corn at two hundred and fifty points, what you could do um, for Baleful, the Baleful Lords. Yeah. Um, and this is a sub faction in corn that allows you to. So firstly, the bloodthirsters in this faction can run and charge. Yes. So anything you can do to shorten that gap between you and your opponent and you and your opponent shooting is, is fantastic. I so giving was running and charging corn. Where is I, it? I didn't know there was running and charging corn. Yeah, it's in Baleful Lords. It's All him. your bloodthirsters can run and charge. Shut up. And Scarbrand has got the run and charge keyword. Uh, he's Sorry, he's got the bloodthirster keyword. Hey. Hey. So we've got Scarbrand. And we've got four bloodthirsters. <laughs> Incensant rage. Incensant rage. Because I just want to boom. I know it's better to put the one that piles in six, but again, I don't give a fuck. I want to. I want to fucking hit people. Um, here is this is all about redundancy. So two, three of these might die, but if you manage to deliver Scarbrand, then you might you might clear the world. Um, Bloodthirsters in the Baleful Lords are really good because they've got a command ability that allows you to fight at top bracket. Mm-hmm. Now, it's got a different name to the command ability that allows you to fight at top bracket. So you could have two Bloodthirsters fighting at top bracket. So even when you've got a really injured Bloodthirster, you can... Bloodthirster of Infinite Rage have got much better in Age of Sigmar 3. Firstly, because you've can give them an innate plus one to hit. You don't have to rely on the Slaughter Priest giving them plus one to hit. And they hit on fours with their attacks. Mm. So that's really good. Um, But the ability to fight a top bracket means that your boot... So I'm not explaining this well. Bloodthirsters of Infinite Rage, I can't fucking say it. Um, 
when they roll a natural six to wound, an unmodified six to wound, everyone within eight inches will take four mortal wounds. But that goes down as they bracket. And in Age of Sigmar, they're going to be bracketing rather quickly, right? Um, but if you fight at top bracket, even if you've got one wound, you're going to be able to do that four mortal wound bomb. And if we've got four of them in and Scarbrand, there's going to be just booms everywhere. You know, this is this is pretty decent against a, a combat army. Yeah. And they all run and charge. So we're increasing up. They're not as good. So Reavers allow you to pile in twice. Which, I mean, that's fantastic. But if you're dead, you can't pile in twice. So I like this because it allows you to, to close the gap much better certainly on Scarbrand, he needs to get in there and adding six inches to his moves fantastic if you could that, that means his threat range goes from in a standard corn um army goes from 16 28 because you can use blood tithe points to, to move him in your hero phase yeah that, that means it goes from 28 inches to 8 16 22 35 because they've got an item that gives them plus one to, to charge as well within wow. eight inches it might even be plus one to run and charge. Let me check. Uh, shout out to Corn Wahapedia. <laughs> shout <laughs> out. Always the best. They're always the best. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's just to charge. But again, we are closing that gap, aren't we? And that's what we want to be doing. So, yeah, the Baleful Lords. Hmm. Uh, add one to charge also friendly okay it's a command ability on the on the general that gives you plus one to charge for friendly baleful bloodthirsters within eight inches okay um and then you've got a blood you can use this command ability in the combat phase so i like the reason why frenzied annihilator is good as well you pick one of your your, your bloodthirsters to pick a top bracket you don't with the other one you have to do it before at the start of the combat phase mm. so you have to predict which one's going to get fucked basically so you would pick the one that's got very little wounds on or the one you're expecting to get hit and then attack with this command ability it just says in the combat phase so you can wait to see how the battle's progressing and then when you get to one that's fucked you can say right i'll frenzy annihilate them and then i'll fight a top bracket so it's a better fight at top bracket command ability for them okay so I like that's really good um and yeah like i say they can run and charge okay and then... wow. yeah, it's good isn't it it's not it's not shit um, and then we've got a Blood Secretor, which has given them all extra attacks. It's really good with Scarbrand. Scarbrand's got his Carnage attack. You know, having two of those is wonderful. Um, three Flesh Hounds, because the um, demons in Corn re-roll ones to hit if they're near near heroes. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really good. Uh, and then we've got some Wrathmongers and then two Untamed Beasts. If they make us go first, the plan with the Untamed Beasts is to go forward, run charge, die and then we've got two blood tithe points that we can utilize in die. their turn to stop their to stop their their spells going off if teclas is thinking he's clever by letting you go first you show him why he shouldn't have done that and then the wrathmongers will quite nicely go with the blood secretor to give hopefully as many of your bloodthirsters two extra attacks on their profile rather than just one. And Scarbrand with three attacks doesn't need to fight twice. <laughs> no. He'll just fucking ruin the world. <laughs> so, so that's just a bit of fun. That's what I if I if I could go to I think it's sold out. I mean I don't have access to this army. If someone's got four bloodthirsters of Incident Rage, Scarbrand, fifteen flesh hounds, five Wrathmongers, nine untamed beasts, and there's a ticket, 
I would quite happily go to <laughs> Alex's event with this and quite happily run bloodthirsters at people. Um, yeah. And then the last one, if you're all bored of me just talking absolute crap about about corn, then we'll finish on fish thirsters. <laughs> fish thirsters. Okay. <laughs> so these are blood lords, which is the other demon sub faction that never gets taken um, because Reapers is so good. But I actually quite quite like this. And this is mixing. This is like a, an amalgamation of both those lists. So we've got heavy boom thirster element to it and we've got some some blood tithe generating mechanics to allow us to charge in the hero phase to fight in the hero phase all those lovely tools that corn have got that they need more of because we don't have a lot of blood tithe just feels a, like a really good idea that just isn't enough um so we need to try and get some more blood tithe points out of it and this is what this list is trying to do but you, um, feel, so you got... feel like you feel like blood tithe just it's hard to generate it's yeah anything where you kill yourself <laughs> that relies on you killing yourself and relies on you killing your army killing your opponent but you're shit at killing and they're good at staying alive Ooh. is it was probably a better mechanic before it's really difficult to utilize now isn't it i think which is why you've got to use these x points and if there's anyone's listening from the powers that be not that they care what i think um but please don't change it or faq it because People will have loads of fun with it, <laughs> and they they need the help. <laughs> you know, let people use their blood tithe points. Let people generate blood tithe points. Yeah, let know, people have need... fun fun with have... it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we've got two blood thirsters of infinite rage. Um, but these are oh, we should probably talk about blood laws actually, shouldn't we? Ugh. Sorry, I'm out of sync. Not that I was ever very good at explaining myself before, but I'm a little. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got something called Slay the Mighty, which this, this is actually, I think, very good for, for blood letters. You can reroll wound rolls of one for attacks made by friendly blood lord demon units that target a hero or monster. That's really good because um, bloodthirsters of infinite rage, they wound on twos. And the amount of times I've rolled ones. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a nice way of getting a bit of consistency. And they hit on fours because they're demons in corn, they reroll ones. And you can potentially get plus one to hit from from a command point. So you could have five, six attacks, hitting on threes, rerolling ones, wounding on twos, rerolling ones. And any any time you're getting those re that one could turn into a six and then you could activate your boom and then you'd be you'd feel like a fucking god. Yeah, you'd feel um, great. Yeah. And then they've got a command ability first in his sight. So this isn't so good, but I think it's it's got some nice synergy with the list that I've written. You use this command ability at the start of your hero phase. If you do so, pick a friendly model with this command ability. You can heal one wound allocated to each friendly blood or demon unit wholly within 16 inches. So the list has got this one of the, the same sort of blood type generating mechanic that, that the first one did. Um, we're going to be able to heal some wounds up on our all our our demons later um slaughterous thirst so this is nice add four inches to the move characteristic of the general in addition you can re-roll charge rolls for your general so again this is another way of closing that distance and helping you get your bloodthirsters of infinite rage in they've now got a 14 inch move and he can re-roll charges glorious and then the art of that which is the halo of blood this is great this is one of the best this is such a good item. Halo of Blood. The bearer fights at the start of the combat phase before the players pick any other units to fight in the combat phase. So this is why they're fish thirsters, because they've got always strike first, basically. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. He can't attack again unless ability or spell allows him to fight more than once, etc. Um, but that's great. So we've got two bloodthirsters. One of them can go in and fight before everyone else, and then you can fight with your other one. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to make this more competitive, you could add in a demon prince that fights at the beginning of the phase as well. So you could get three units that are, that are fighting. But we've also got an item on the second bloodthirster, which is Kargoth's Kargoth the Blood Hunger. Um, in the combat phase, on a four plus, you strike first. <laughs> so you're going with one bloodthirster, you do loads of booms. You're going with the second one, you roll a four plus, you swear at your opponent, you do loads of booms, and then you go in with a third unit, be it the, the flesh hounds, etc. So you've got three activations before your opponent's got to respond. Also, it means you can be against combat armies, you can be incredibly aggressive with your bloodthirsters because they're gonna if they engage you, they're gonna have to potentially take two rounds of bloodthirsters potentially booming at you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's not significant. That's, I think I think that's fucking sick. I love that. I love that. Um you armies that like um more tribes might be able to, you know, run them over with their mortal wounds on the charges. But again, you just pop that command point and you fight at top bracket if you think you're gonna be charged. Or no, because you, you get to see how many wounds that's done in the charge phase, isn't it? Yeah. So if you need to, you can fight at top bracket and then and you know, and then whack them. Lovely, lovely. And again, you're re-rolling that those ones to that's consistent damage, I think. And we've got a particularly um we've got quite a fast blood bloodthirster there. And then again, we've got a blood secretor. Again, we've got Scar Blood Wrath. You know what he does now? He dies. He comes back. It's fucking great. A blood sacrifice on the slaughter priest. Festus again, because he's going to be healing up our blood secretor that takes any wounds, etc., etc. I've opted for flesh hounds over uh, what's a what's a bollocks's um, uh, blood, reavers blood reavers as my bloodline because they're going to synergize with the command ability later they're going to be able to get a wound back because we're trying to damage ourselves again because we've got geminids of hish and the, the the wrath axe so we're going to be putting that through our entire army again and then later we're going to be able to use that command point to to get those wounds back so actually we can damage ourselves potentially get a blood tithe point and heal ourselves which i think is quite cute um You've got Riptooth and Magor's Manglers, the Fomeroid Crusher again, and you know we, you know what we're doing with the Untamed Beasts. Three of them should section off most of the... Most of the board. Most, most of the board, hmm. yeah. So this is a... This final one is like a mix of both the lists that I discussed before. It's actually probably probably the better one. But you could, with the Bloodthirsters, with, obviously I'm obsessed with booms, we could get an extra attack if we're in six, in six inches of the blood secretor. So we could get 12 attacks, hitting on threes, wounding on roll ones, wounding on twos, re-rolling ones that fight before anyone else, potentially, in this list. Mm. I like And on top of all those fucking wonderful booms, <laughs> which I think on average you'd get at least one through with 12 attacks. Yeah, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get some damage through, right? Like you've got... Yeah, Sometimes you've got fucking loads of sixes. Yeah, I, yeah. I've played a game against Rick Myhill without any of these extra benefits, and I've got three sixes and done 12 mortal wounds to everything within his Chaos Army. And then the next week he was playing Legion of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of this. I have had enough of this. I don't want any more of this to exist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he made my list even better. So, so. 
uh yeah like i could see that the uh um the options uh like to in the corn army always seem really really good until you realize like they're gonna get shot pretty early but like that's got nothing to do with the list design though is it and it's got it's got everything to do with um the f like it's got everything to do with how the game is just currently set up why well, i don't think the um man the mancurium one because you could fit that into a 2000 point army by the way you can drop the wrathmongers and the, the chaos beasts mm. um but that's why i think redundancy is key you're not going to kill five bloodthirsters in a turn no like from sh wow he says and then someone tells me i'm wrong but i think it would be incredibly hard to kill five you'd be doing one of those going to get in and then you could get a double turn and you could go mad with your booms you know you'd have a better chance than traditional corn armies base. i mean the, the if you want to do well with corn and you want to play the standard sort of builds there's a chap in the czech republic adam is Pet that right job. who recently went five five nil yeah, um and i would contact i'll um, contact him and ask him how he did it if you um i'm sure he'd love to love to tell you i'd like to see a, a rundown you do a rundown don't you on the honest war game yeah. if adam's watching i would really appreciate um how he get, how he gets um what he's doing with his army because he's, he's, really pu he's just pushing everything around and waiting for scar to do yes. uh, sorry not scar sorry scar brand uh scar basically, brand. basically yeah he's controlling the board space uh quite a lot he doesn't even have a corn demon prince in fact he does have one boom thurster but uh basically everything is set up so that Scarbrand can do maximum damage where he gets the yes. opportunity to do maximum damage. Um, if you want uh, a traditional play, ask him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that seems to be that seems to be if there's anything to go to right now um, for for those armies, like threaten with that really quick, fast boom thurster. So you you deal with that, which gives just enough time to put corn in it. Also, a lot of those kind of meta pick armies generally like have something that goes forward to get into you. Which is good because then that puts you in that puts them in the midboard and you in the midboard, right? Like yes, that long yeah. that long range power projection that we see means that they're generally coming to you. Uh, it's just the issue is the shooting, right? Like um, it really it really wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be bad if they just if they just mitigated some of the long range shooting uh, because yeah. because then you can just screen off the combat, can't you? And then counter punch. But it's that's where we we are where we are right and i yeah, think it's fine yeah. like whatever um well i hope everyone in the chat enjoyed that darren thanks that was uh that was wicked pleasure. that was wicked uh, you got any shout outs before we go out today shout outs Ooh. yeah i've got wow well, i've already shouted out all the people that helped Gwynny. um shout out everyone in ukraine you bloody heroes keep mm. going mm. that's just yeah shout outs <laughs> to the ukrainians bless them keep yeah. going they're doing they're, they're, they're doing good uh yeah mm. uh same obviously uh yeah uh, thanks in the chat to everyone for tuning in love you tons uh thanks very much uh everyone in the chat thanks if you just want to jump on and find at positive victim on twitter which is darren uh and drop yeah, him some great. messages and love i'm sure he'd love that um <laughs> uh, i'll see you guys all later tonight if you're watching live we are going to be back with the 40k spice center tonight or you can join me again tomorrow where i will finally catch up on the event results from around the world uh, with the stat center which i was meant to do on monday um but i was slightly too ill and there's lots of events and what's nice is i think i'll also be able to do the stats thanks to robbie rob and ziggy uh, because i think they've also put that together as well which is decent so thanks shout out to them uh thanks very much